You're listening to the Hackett Racket with Michael Hackett. Boom! This is Puppet Doom in the motherfucking room. How are you doing today? How are you getting on in the Quran? Novara. <laughs> fucking hell, man. Oh, my God. This is like Groundhog Day, but with the virus. What's happening today, Michael? Not much. Wake up, jerk off, get a bathroom, have a fucking shower, go to the toilet. Jesus, man. What is going on, people? What's fucking going on? Apparently, they've cancelled Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, man. I've been there. I've been there, man. It's good. Big, massive, long tables. Everyone drinking these things called Steins or Steiners or something. It's like two pints. I watched a guy nail two Steiners in a row, which is four pints in one sitting, man. He was a fat bastard, to be fair. Like, probably going to suffer with the corona and all. But Jesus Christ, he stood on the table and like a thousand people were like, cheering him and stuff. And then he just downed these four pints of beer in one go. And I thought, you are a legend now, friend. You are a legend now, but in that hospital 10 years on, (laughs) you're going to be spewing. (laughs) Fucking down 10 pints. Oh my God. Everyone booed me there, right? I went up, I stood on the table to announce I'm going to down something too. And everyone's like, way! And then I pulled out this shot glass of beer and just sipped it really slowly. And everyone's like, fuck off, throwing bread at me and shit. Jesus. You know what? In comedy, right, man? The worst heckles I've ever seen. Worse than throwing bread. Uh, it was before the smoking ban. People used to be able to smoke in pubs and stuff like that. I watched these comedians go up before me. It was in Birmingham somewhere, like Solly Hole or something like that. And um, they were so fucking vicious, the crowd. They were smoking cigarettes and then flicking them at the comedians on stage. I say on stage, basically, on a different part of the carpet than they were. <laughs> it got banned the night, man. The night got totally banned. I was, I went on, they never did it to me. But like, all the ones before, like, were a bit cowardly and stuff. And they're just like, boom, just flicking it right in the fucking body. People, man, the violence, the violence. Been rioting in America and stuff like that, man. People getting the guns out. I'm going to shoot this fucking virus. Imagine, imagine, isn't it weird the irony of someone pulling out, because that's what they're all doing, aren't they? They go, I want to go back to work, I want to go back to work. So they go arm, arm themselves and hit the streets. What an odd thing. That's like the opposite of a bank robber. Like a bank robber walks into a bank, pulls out a gun and goes, give me the money because I don't want to work for a, for a living. I'm going to take all your money and do one. Now you've got people coming out with a gun going, I want to fucking work. <laughs> Like, it's like a sick day in reverse, isn't it? You're like, imagine being the boss, someone putting a gun against you, and I want to fucking work. You're like, all right, well, fucking have at it, fella. There's a desk, there's some pencils and a paper. Get fucking going on that shit. Jesus. I said pencils because that's what Americans use for some reason. You see it in exams, don't you? They love those pencils, man. The British were always there with proper pens. Let's write that shit out with a big biro. Big bloody biro, man. God, I tell you, revising when I was a dentist, man, I, I burnt out an actual big biro. Have you ever done that? There's not many people that can claim they've done that, man. You get a big biro and you write so much, it fucking goes all the way to the bottom before you lose it. You know, that is that is a quite a claim to fame. A lot of it was just scribbling and drawing stupid pictures, but fucking hell, man. What are we going to do? What are we gonna do? So how's your corona getting on? How 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 are you doing in this lockdown? This furlough scheme's gonna end soon, I reckon. What is it, a month? The four week, the eight week epic holiday. 
See, when Boris first announced that shit, everyone was a bit skeptical, weren't they? Like, no one even knew what the word meant. They were just like, furlough, what's that? Is that some horror threat? Furlough, what the fuck? And then, like, as he starts to explain it, you're like, wait a minute. Wait, am I going to get paid 80% for doing nothing? For doing sweet FA, man? Is this like a paid fucking holiday? I mean, imagine if your boss said to you, do you want to take a 20% pay cut and do nothing at all? You'd fucking go, boom, man, that is epic. <laughs> Fortunately for me, unfortunately, I have to emphasise the un. Comedians, man, we don't get paid like that, so we get fucking zero. So I am now running at a loss, just sitting here, and, like, my food expenses are going up and up out of boredom. Isn't it weird that your stomach combines with the emotion boredom? It's like revising a mind, like when you revise for an exam, do you not get horny? That's what happens to me, you revise and it connects to the, like horny. Like your dick's just interrupted all the time, turning the page, going, hey, what about me, man? Do you want to what about me? Whereas it's different, this furlough scheme in this fucking corona times, man. Just bored out your mind. So your stomach's like, let's have some food. Fuck it, man, give me something to do. At least I've, got, I've not been furloughed, give me a job. All right, I'll just eat five more bowls of cereal. Fifteen fucking bowls of cereal by lunchtime. Jesus, man, I know, I'm seeming quiet today. I've got to be honest, man, it's just a, a quiet, malaise day. Fucking people slowly, you know, when they let us back to work, do you reckon, like, it's just going to be slow because of just the mindset of it? Like, when you come back from a holiday, you just can't be fucked straight away. You're just like, oh, it's just kind of mosey into work. Get me a cup of coffee, get it right, it's to clean my desk up. Do you reckon it's going to be like that? Like the whole nation is just going to be that little bit slower. Apparently Jeff Bezos, the boss of Amazon, is rinsing it in, man. Rinsing it, because everyone's obviously using Amazon instead of like other shops. Fucking that guy is like the richest, richest dude in the, in the world. What would you do if you had endless amounts of money? What would, like, I'd fuck, first thing I'd go to... He's the shop where you can buy one of those hoverboards, man. Have you seen that dude that hovered over Paris? That is instant death if you fuck it up, but man, that looks amazing, doesn't it? Just hovering on a board, flying around and shit. I'd get a private jet. Fucking hell, what else would I get? I'd get, oh man, I'd get a rocket, go to space, buzz off being weightless. You can do that stuff in Vegas, man. They'll drop you in a big fuck-off plane and you just hover inside it as though you're weightless. I reckon I would vomit instantly, man. I'm like, what? <laughs> Space, this space experience is really good. Blech. Fucking shooting guns, taking my chick, boom. I watched Michael Jackson's Cirque du Soleil show in Vegas once. Fucking hell, man, that is the best show ever. I tell you, man, those acrobats do some crazy shit, bouncing up and down. One of them died, man, didn't they? Like, in fact, I know of a really bad story. Like, There's like a set of female acrobats all being hung by the hair. You can see it on YouTube. And they get raised up from the ground, all hanging just by the hair, nothing else, on this massive like loop of metal. And the idea is they're supposed to get pulled up to, like, say, 60, 70 feet in front of the whole audience. And then they're supposed to do something from there. Anyway, whoever rigged the gear up didn't do it properly enough. And the whole thing just crashed as they got lifted up to 50 feet. They all just crashed and this whole, all, all, his, like, all his like roof and everything just dropped on top of them. And shitloads of them got paralysed or got killed. How fucking bad is that, man? But like even just normal stuff, you can really hurt yourself. Like I used to be in the circus for just over a year. And my speciality, if you call it, was rope and trapeze. And um, fuck me, man, on the trapeze... I got my bollock, I've told this story on stage, but I'll just tell you anyway, like I got my bollock fucking trashed, man. So like I was sat there on the trapeze and this girl who's like 55 kilograms she weighs, she's supposed to stand on top of me and then swing round 
and I catch her leg between my like thighs. And as a guy, you're supposed to wear this thing called a dance belt, which is basically a thong or like a G-string. And I don't know about you ladies wearing those G-strings, but there's no way I can wear one, man. It just rides up the crack of my ass, and guys' asses are never as clean as a woman's ass. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not wearing one. I'm not. I don't give a shit what happens to my dick and balls. This is what I said pre-fucking show. I goes, I don't give a shit. I'm not wearing one, right? So I just wore normal underpants. This is in front of 400 people at the Brighton Dome. So she did this thing, drop round me, called the lover's drop, right? And fuck me, where her foot went was right on top of my bollock, man. And she's just underneath doing these pirouettes and all these kind of moves. And I'm trying to smile to the crowd as she's just crushing the fuck out of my bollock. Like, ladies, I know you go through childbirth and you go, childbirth is the worst pain ever, but you have no idea what it's like to be kicked in the balls or have your bollocks whacked. It's like a time delay on pain. Like you just stood there and then you know, oh my God, this is going to be bad. And you just get sucked into this cave of pain going, and you can't do anything. You can't do fucking anything. And she's there and I'm just smiling away like, this is great. And my bollocks like, you fucking want some more, motherfucker. I don't know why they make them so painful. Is it to remind the guy, hey, you need to look after these. One day this is going to give you some children. Fucking protect it. Like nipples is the second one. What do you need nipples for? Like, flick them. Ow, my nipples! Isn't it weird that the different body parts have different levels of pain? Because the tissue damage must be identical everywhere. Apart from, like, your skull, the inside of your skull. So it's like bollocks first, nipples second. Because your dick, you can get your dick punched in your dick, doesn't hurt that much, but the ball's different story. It's almost like your body's gone, look, we'll find a way to get the jizz out if the dick gets mangled. We'll just, I don't know, we'll do something. <laughs> Make it come out your ears or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking such shit. But yeah, Jeff Bezos, do you reckon he thinks about this shit? Because he wakes up at 8 in the morning or 7 in the morning, starts to, goes to work. <laughs> Fucking get on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Fucking Amazon Prime, man. I've tried to avoid that shit for years, man. Jesus Christ. Anytime you buy anything off Amazon, little sneaky button. Do you want to go on Amazon Prime? They don't, even, they don't even do that, do they? They go, do you, want the, do you want this postage to be free? Yes, please. Ha, you've just signed up to Amazon Prime. Like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Fucking hell. I wonder if he has the same traps around his own house, man. You know, every time he opens a fridge, ah, you just joined Amazon Prime. Fuck you. Amazon motherfucking Prime. Shit, I should join it, man. It looks like a great bargain, but... I just don't like signing up to that shit. Fucking direct debit. It's just like when you used to buy a TV from Comet. And they always go at the end, you want some insurance? You want some insurance? Like, so in three years, if you break it, you can throw it against the wall, honestly. If you break it, then in three years, you come back and we'll just give you a like-for-like like TV. Has anyone ever fucking cashed in on one of those? I'll never get one. I just never get one because I just know it's bullshit. It's fucking bull. I bought a pair of Beats headphones from Comet in the airport, right? From that PC World Comet thing for 300 quid. The latest edition, all that kind of shit. Within about two months, the earphone part of it wore out, right? Just It's just shite. I don't know what it is. Like, the plastic on it is just too weak to take my ears or whatever. So I went back to Comet with the receipt in hand, supposed to have a year's statutory rights on that thing, went there and said, listen, man, I want to take these back. And they said, no, 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 that's your fault. I was like, what do you mean it's my fault? Both the ears are worn out. Like, and they started blaming my ears. They're like, your ears must be too fucking sharp or something. And you're like, what? I've got razor blade ears. I've my, my ears are made of sandpaper. I'm just over wearing it. Fuck you. Anyway, fortunately, man, Apple had just bought Beats headphones. 
So even though I had a receipt from Comet, I went to the Apple store and those mofos took it back. And I thought, my God, Apple, that trillion dollar company yours, man, is fucking worth it. <laughs> it's worth it. I tell you, man, the Apple store, I have rinsed those receipts, man. Jesus. For my wedding, we got married in Greece and we like hired a house, big villa and stuff and had a massive house party there. And we wanted some tunes. So I bought five Yui Booms from the Apple store. Like, I don't even own one today, but I bought five of them. Took them to this wedding. I played the tunes for the whole week there, right? They got absolutely fucked. They were covered in sand, everything. Took them back and you're allowed, you're allowed to like 14 days to change your mind. <laughs> I took them back on the 15th day. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, change your mind about these five Yui Booms that are now covered in sand. And they're like, what, what, what did you like about them? Oh, I just didn't like them. They're like, well, you've breached the 14 days. I'm like, yeah, but come on, it's only just 14 days. And it was bank calling. I didn't know you were closed today. And I always kind of bollocks. And they went, fine, we'll, we'll take it back. I was like, fucking boom, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I must have spent about 600 quid there. I'm like, yep, could you credit that fucking credit card of mine? Another 600 pound, Apple? You trillion dollar motherfuckers, man. But yeah, man, they make fortunes with everything. Fucking headphones was the biggest surprise, man. Like, who knew you could make millions and millions of dollars or pounds or euros, whoever's listening, out of headphones, man. Jeez, they've been around for ages and no one... Like, I used to have the 1980s headphones when I was a kid. This one's like a metal band that used to just go over the top of your head and then like just two shitty fucking polystyrene. Remember the ones that used to go out on airplanes? It's like that. And it was like, this is Sony, it's fucking mint. And you look back and you're like, that's shite. All the people in the know, they're like, mm, Beats headphones are not that good, you know, they just tied up the bass. That's why it sounds good originally. It's just, they've just amplified for bass. Whatever, man, they're all right. They're fucking big things, I've got to say. Like... Because I'm six foot seven, I smack my head on door frames all the time. And I wear those, man, guaranteed to smack my head on door frames. Adds that extra inch. Inch of fucking padding. Does it hurt though, Michael, as much as your nipples or your balls? No, it doesn't. Well then, it mustn't be a childbearing organ. <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm talking shit. You know what's funny, man? My, my wife used my penis as a lie detector last night, man. Jesus, I shouldn't admit this. I was watching Mad Men. And there's a scene in it when this gay guy starts to snog this other gay guy, right? And I'm like proper concentrating, watching this thing because it's quite a big pivotal moment in the storyline. And my wife's in bed next to me and she just sees me watching this with such like avid concentration that she instantly grabs my dick to see if I had a hard on. Because <laughs> that's a paranoid thing of like women. And this is not some anti-homophobic thing, man. This is just your lady needs to know that the guy she's with isn't going to flip and be gay. So, like, she was just, like, holding, but just, just grabbed it for a second. Because it was flaccid. She's like, oh, good. That's all right. That's all right. This guy's, this guy's a keeper. Fucking hell, man. You'd be doing the same gay guys and gay ladies. If you, like, get, get a bit threatened, if your partner starts to lean the other way, you're like, hey, 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 hey. The fuck? I thought we're in this together. Like Tesco's. <laughs> Fucking in this together, man. Bullshit. Have you seen those t-shirts? We're in this together. Tesco's have just had a record fucking profits, man. Because no one's eating in restaurants or getting takeaways. Gee, in this together. Yeah, sure, Tesco's. If we're in this together, give me some fucking money. Instead of putting the bastard prices up. Anyway, let's get cracking with this bloody theory. So, recap first. Last time I remember, I was working for this guy called Clive the Bastard, right? He was a boss, big, well-known dentist. 
who was slowly trying to push me out of his practice and this time I had no options so I was pretty desperate. I'd just been screwed over for that contract and now I meet this crazy dentist called Jack who's selling his practice and it's like this is so rare as an opportunity to even get a look in to buy a practice in London like this so I am now fucking desperate. The only problem is he's a crazy bastard and his place is completely fucked and dilapidated and I've never bought a practice before. I don't know what I'm doing, I don't know whether I can borrow the money or what but... <laughs> Instead of the conversation getting into business, this guy was so off the chart. He was more interested talking about shaven havens and whether he thinks they look like an elephant or not. And 11 in the morning, he's offering me a fucking stellar. This guy is a legend. So here we go now. Chapter 14. Oh, yeah. And one, by the way, just look at that. Oh, you're teasing, Mike. We're about to start. And then you paused a second. Just to give you a heads up, right? So there's 37 chapters in this book. The book English Dentist by Michael Hackett, if you ever want to buy it on Amazon. And um, so I'm going to read them all. So at the end, you'll have a complete audio book of this whole thing. It's going to be like people go, oh, my God, is it abridged? Is it abridged? It's not going to be abridged. It's not going to be like any other audio book in terms of I don't read shit word for word, man. I'll read a few words just to make it feel real. And then after that, I'll just tell you the stories behind the stories because some of them were fucking wild, man, that aren't even mentioned in this book. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Looking forward to it, people. And don't forget, send us a message if you're liking this on Facebook, Instagram, like the handles, One Off Comedy, or like my other one, uh, Michael Hackett Official. Because yeah, it's always nice to see your messages and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking fuck, man. Like the second half just gets nuts, man. It was a stressful, stressful time. But reading it now, we can enjoy ourselves. So here we go. Chapter 14, The Deal. Taking me on a short hobble to his favourite pub, which was only down the road, Jack left me at the table with a morning pint of Stella and two years' worth of practice accounts. This was fucked up. Yeah, man, so what happened was he took me to his favourite pub and just left me in the corner table with a Stella. It's like 11.20 now, and I'm just drinking this, trying to make sense of these accounts. He's at the bar chatting up some barmaid that he knows. I'm like, i got to be honest, I don't have a fucking clue to this day about, like, accounts. Like, I've got an accountant, and every year when she goes, Michael, you need to fill out these forms and sign it, I just send them my bank statements, and I just, I get all sleepy when I look at them. It's like, they just look like fucking hocus-pocus bollocks. I'm usually pretty good at maths, but those things, man, they're just like, oh, just makes me feel grim. So anyway, I'm looking through them, trying to pretend like I know shit and I don't know anything. And all I can go off is that I heard in passing one, some dentist was talking, he said, the way to value a practice is it's 1.3 times the turnover plus the asset value. That was like a rule of thumb. So I thought, well, I ain't got any other choice. I'm just going to go with that. So his contract was £330,000 a year, an NHS contract, which was a really good contract. And I couldn't quite tell what his turnover was. Well, I just thought, fuck it, man. If I just times that by 1.3 and those, that knackered sort of ceiling that's falling through in his dental practice and the chairs that have got their ass blown out, all the dirty head marks, marks and everything, they can't be worth, <laughs> they can't be worth much. So let's just kind of, let's go with that, right? What else would you do? Anyway, so I'm sat in the corner. Jack starts hobbling back. He's like, right, sits opposite me, goes, I'm selling the practice for 340,000. Do you want it? So straight away, I'm like, yes. Uploaded, which looked well too premature, you know, like like a, when you're losing your virginity for the first time. Have you done this before? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've had sex before. Yeah, please, just bed me. I can get laid. Fucking hell. Anyway, looking a bit too premature. He goes, the question is, looking me dead in the eye now, can you afford it? That's how he sounds. So feeling my throat tighter, man, I knew I had no idea as to not whether I could afford it, man. My credit card, all that other kind of ropey stuff. You know, you know how they go, just check your credit rating online. Yeah, right, man. Check mine. It'd be bouncing all over the place, man. 
Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can afford it. He goes, hmm. He goes, because if you need a financial advisor, you can speak to Neil. He's a friend of mine. So, so all my dealings. I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. I can get the money. I can get that. And yeah, I sip deeply into my pint. You ever done that when you just like lie so much you have to put your face right into your pint of beer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, uh, I'm doing all right. Anyway, Jack waited a second and watched because he still wasn't sure as to whether or not he could trust me. And then like not one for wasting time, he just looked me after a few seconds and went, well then, is it a deal? Put out his hand and because I was so desperate, I just looked down and just thought, fuck it, man. I need to get this place, otherwise I'm screwed. So I just put my hand out and went, deal! And he's like, right. <laughs> I'm thinking, have I just agreed to buy dental practice in London? Indeed, I fucking had. But before I could get too excited, he left me like one lingering comment. He goes, look, Michael, just to let you know, I'm straight with my word and straight with people. So don't try to fuck me because I know people who can break things. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine, Jack. Honestly, I can get the money. So as I put down my pipe, man, finished downing it, he downed his. I remember coming out the pub, pissed out my face now. It must have been about one o'clock because we had a few more. And I just thought, boom, man, I had just agreed to buy a dental practice in all of London. Surely nothing would go wrong from this point on. Well, we'll soon find out. Because don't forget, I still had to keep my job at Clive's place that I was working at. Because to buy a practice takes months and months just to do all the paperwork and stuff like that. Anyway, next Monday, I bound into, guess where? Clive's place, man. All ready to keep the job going and stuff like that. Me and Tisha in the back surgery start working away and stuff. And uh, Clive leans in and goes, oh yes, by the way, we have a meeting again this lunchtime. So I'm like, cool. He goes, I have a little announcement to make. And I'm thinking, yeah, mate, I've got an announcement to make on my own. Anyway... <laughs> We sit down lunchtime in this meeting and he starts going on with himself. He goes, yes, just to let you know that we have a new dentist who's soon to be starting from Guy's University. And I was like, ooh, Guy's, because Guy's like some revered place. I don't know why, because uh, my university was just as good as theirs in the point system. Fuck you guys. So, <laughs> no, it's a pretty good university apparently. So we sat there and with his proud announcement about someone coming from Guy's, he then made a mini threat towards me. Because he goes, so this means with the dentist, new dentist starting, a few of you had better shape up because we plan to change things around here. And just fucking stared at me like a dick. And I thought, I know what's coming, you twat. Sorry to swear. But like, <laughs> he's going to get this new guy on and sack me. It was like so obvious. He's just waiting for the paperwork to be finalised and boom, I'm gone. He goes, anyway, before we come on to this, Klaus started reveling. You know, he'd have me in checkmate. He goes, Cam and Penny and I have been doing some higher thinking. This is what he said. Imagine this, higher thinking. Hmm. Yes, your, your thinking is far lower than mine because we are so fucking great. I thought, Clive, shove that finger up your ass. <laughs> Go sit on your saddle stool, mate. Jesus Christ. Anyway, he goes, yes, um, so let's just walk you through this marketing strategy. So Clive's problem was he didn't have enough patients coming to his practice. And... They came up with this genius marketing strategy, NAT, which was the first one they did was going to be to advertise for an oral cancer check. So you come in and have your mouth checked for oral cancer. And then what's supposed to happen is the dentist is supposed to say, oh, let's just do an examination for the rest of your teeth last year. Oh, you need some fillings and we'll treat you. And it was such bollocks, man, because they paid loads of money to advertise it in the newspaper. And guess what? Nobody turned up. Because who wants, who even like, how often do you know someone who's got mouth cancer? And secondly, who even wants to know that shit? Like, hey, come and share this with your mouth. It's just bollocks. People don't do it. And just as I predicted, it never fucking worked, right? And they always take the piss out of my ideas going, yeah, you should get a banner. You should do leaflets and all that. Because that's what worked in the beauty salons, man. And they just fucking ignore me. Anyway, their higher thinking, what they managed to result in this time was they just paid £5,000 to get a TV advert on the bingo hall 
which was down the road to advertise tooth whitening. And he's like, let, let us walk you through the adverts. He lifted up this laptop, all sat around this laptop in the waiting room where we had the meeting. And he starts playing this advert and it's some woman getting the tooth whitening and stuff. And it's all going to be there for the people in the bingo to watch and hopefully buy tooth whitening. And you could tell it was so fucking deluded. So like Yvette kicked in and said, yes, um, this will be played hourly to hundreds, if not thousands of people and could lead us to having queues out the door. And you think, fuck off Yvette, man. This is such bullshit. Anyway, so they're all like playing it. They're all proud of themselves, patting each other metaphorically on the back. On top of this, you had Cam and Penny. So proud of themselves, like, hmm, yes, this is fantastic. We've been helping work on this video and getting it all perfect. So when the video played and we all sat back down, Clive, with a smug look, just waiting for, like, nothing but showers of compliments, went, so, yes, team, what do you think? I said, well, I've got a comment. And they said, what is it? And you know when you want to just nail someone? I started out, I was like, well, first of all, um, I really do think that, you know, a banner outside the practice and leaflets would help. And like, oh, yes, Michael and his banner. Like, Penn and Cam started giving me shit again. I said, but more importantly, with this specific advert, uh, if I'm really honest, tooth whitening is one of the most luxurious items that you do in the dental practice. And you're advertising it on a TV screen to a bunch of pensioners who firstly will be too busy playing bingo to even notice those TV ads. Secondly, are the most unlikely people to have the money to even spend on tooth whitening. And thirdly, which is probably the most important, given that most pensioners wear dentures, they won't even have their own teeth to whiten in the first place. <laughs> I tell you man, when I said that, I was met with fucking Silence, man. Everyone's just staring at me. I thought, have that, motherfucker. Anyway, straight away thinking I was about to win, right? Because like, Tisha swapped me a smirk and a few other nurses like, smirked at me and, and Cam Penny and all the other fucking higher thinking dicks. They're all just like, because they couldn't say shit. Clive goes, can I have a word, please, Michael? Took me straight into his office. And you know, when you get that dread, it's like when a teacher calls you into an office room, right? I was just like, yes. So I started walking through and he, go, he, he took me inside and he goes, listen, Michael, I was going to inform you of this later, but this is obviously not working, is it? And I remember thinking, just say something cool. Say it's like, fuck you, Clive, you know, something like that. But this like adrenaline started coming up and choking my throat. I was thinking, say something cool, say something cool. I just went, I guess so. And he went, so I think it's best for all of us if you just collect your things right now and leave. And I was like thinking, come on, come on, you can do it. You can still say something, still say it. Tell him fuck you, tell him fuck you. He's like, do you understand? And what came out instead of something cool was just, okay, I'll leave. <laughs> And he goes, yes, goodbye. Oh, bye. Fuck, man. I should have well just gone, fuck you, bastard. Goddamn adrenaline. Anyway, this wouldn't be the last that I'd hear of Clive. Regardless, I, get, I come out of the practice now and I'm panicking a bit because I've just lost the job that gives me an income to pay bills and get a mortgage, incidentally. So I phone Jack straight up and I'm like, Jack, how's it going, man? How's this practice going? Because I'm thinking, I need to move this thing on now as fast as possible. Anyway, he's completely the opposite to how he was on Saturday when we had a few beers together. He's now like properly withdrawn from me. He's like, oh yeah, how's it going, Michael? And I was like, what's the matter? Is everything cool? He's like, listen, Neil, this is the financial advisor guy. He goes, Neil's had a look at accounts and says you can't get the money. I'm like, what? I can get the money, right? I, I had no idea whether I could get the money or not, but there was no way this financial advisor could know either. Like I'd only sent my accounts to him on Sunday. And you think, what, this is Monday. You're telling me he's tried all the banks already in less than a day and told me that I can't get the money. I mean, maybe he had a point, right? Probably looked and thought, what, what are these bloody gaps? Anyway, I would find out. He's trying to push me out the deal, this bastard, Neil. So uh, I was like, I can get the money. I can't go. He goes, nah, listen. He says the Israelis, they want to pay more anyway. And I just want to retire. I was thinking, fuck, man. He did have a point, right? Because these guys are willing to pay more than I could even borrow. 
And I was like, no, no, please, please, honestly. Jack, I can get the money. I promise you I can get them. He's like, ah, well, I've known Neil for a long time and I trust him and I should just go. He says like, no, please, please. And I was thinking, come on, man, I was losing this fucking deal fast. And I was thinking, what can I do? What can I do to hang in there? And then suddenly I remembered like something about one of his dentists leaving. I said, hey, Jack, what about Hamish? He's like, eh? I was like, Hamish, that dentist, that associate you've got that's leaving. It's what about him? I said, well, how about this, right? You're worried about performance there. How about I take over Hamish's job as an associate? Because we worked in the same primary care trust area. So I already had the code to work there, which means I didn't have any delay in you know being able to work as a dentist there. I said, how about I take over the job there? And then in terms of like buying the practice, man, we could make this smoother for everyone. He's like, ah, I'm not too sure. I just want to retire. I was like, please, come on. It'll be, honestly, I, can, I absolutely promise you I can get the money. He's like, you better not be fucking me, Michael. I was like, no, 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 I'm not. Honestly, I know I can. And he's like, all right, well, speak to Rachel on Monday. I was like, man, I had literally just jumped ship, right? So I was like, cool, I will do, thanks. He's like, right, goodbye. He puts down the phone. Anyway, man, having realized that I've now gone from, <laughs> from pillar to post, man, from fucking the fire into the frying pan, whatever you call it, man. I never had any idea I was about to take on an insurmountable battle that would involve court, bribery, and so many underhand shockers, you wouldn't even think them conceivable. It says in the end of the book, lurching ahead, I was about to take on the most fucked up tsunami of my life. Yeah, man, this is so true. Because <laughs> Jack's practice was about to break me. You're listening to the Hackett Racket with Michael Hackett. Mm-hmm. 